When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are a lot of squirrels in uh, California too. Like when I'm on the t- public tennis court, they like run along the, t- the top of the the mm-hmm. fence, like mm-hmm. crouching tiger style, and basically like bait you <laughs> while you're playing. <laughs> They're intense. <laughs> They've been through some shit. There's like a power line right outside my window, and I they just like run across. Oh, and there's like two, so they run above and they run back on the one below. It's like a little highway. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. Threatening me. The threatening. <laughs> and I wonder, do they know, like, is it, you just know you're always on the right or you're always on the left? Or is it just like whatever squirrels on there, they set the pace? I f- <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a, you know, if we're going, if we're going southbound, it's the upper. If we're going <laughs> northbound, it's the, bo- it's the below. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to talk to their city planner. (laughs) Squirrels have something we could tap into. (laughs) Yeah, we need to be learning from the We step forward into the future, Travis, with with like whatever teapot you have set to the flame. I do like the idea of you you tying this cheesecloth with a red ribbon. I, one little layer that I'd love to throw on there is like tying the red ribbon around or or onto the red ribbon. Your ochus. Oh, like yeah. Your ochus, which is shaped like her crown. The queen's crown, made of blooms and branches from all seasons. And I think I set, like, the the packet or the, you know, whatever, on top. And at first it floats. And then as it gets, like, more and more, as more water absorbs, you know, it, it sinks lower and lower. So I think at first you get, like, the heart root color sort of infuses into the drink. And kind of each layer adds another like depth to the color but then once the ribbon sinks down i think it kind of seeps out red seeps out from the ribbon kind of like if you were to drop like some blood into water so it like seeps out and colors the drink Mm. yeah it i mean this is a savory and and smoky tea Taking a sip, like, there's the edge of sweetness in it. You, after all, have set to steep in this your ochus. Your soul is here. There's a tinge of bitterness as, you know, you're not exactly a turkey, but 
that's that's something that with this blend you you are you're trying to incorporate that within your your ability within your being and to say that one can feel the power of of heart root tea there's more a, a quiet satisfaction of drinking a cup of it you feel the warmth flow through your body and you know a pointed change from how your life has been for a very long time up to this point I think like there is a surety within your your form and body that is present here that maybe hasn't existed before because you know of yourself as the changeling now not a changeling the changeling the stories that people tell they are your stories you are the face and representation of that this power is yours waiting to be claimed how how long is it until turkey time? I'd say you probably have. I mean, it took you a while to gather these ingredients, so maybe you've got an hour or two before you'd you'd go out and and live that turkey life. Okay. Unless you want more time to do something with it. No, I, I guess what I am wondering is like when I when I drink the tea because I don't think I've ever actually done this process before. I've just known you've, that you've I done can. it once before. Did I? Okay. Yeah, and it was, I think, to turn back into a man, like you would put some animal hair in, in your tea, which which helped a little bit. It was like taking an aspirin for a broken leg, and it made it better, but not that much better because you really didn't do much with it. Now you've baked a full process into it. I guess, So I guess my question is, do I drink it and then transform, or do I drink it and sort of that whenever I decide later that power? It's whenever you decide okay. later. Cool. Then I then I want to just go try and find everyone. Yeah, yeah. So like going through this, you 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 have you have your cup of tea, and you know you can feel in yourself you're ready because because it's got to be tied up in all of this. I would love just a quick mental check in. Travis must have over the weeks that took them to, or, or days maybe, that took them from Dominion to Acheron, been thinking over Rusalka's words and probably thinking of Margaret. What, 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 what do you have of those feelings? How are you addressing them right now? Um, so I think, first of all, knowing that she is like much more entwined in this, all of this than like I originally thought just sort of coming to that realization and also I think basically Travis has decided that kind of after we you know we're here for Jonathan's birthday we're going to take a little break from everything we're going to have some fun with these turkeys but I think after that Travis has resolved that he needs to kind of find Margaret and fill her in on recent developments so, like, there's the prospect of talking to her and seeing her soon is there for him in a, in a much oh. more clear way than it was before. Yeah, I think I think there is a lightness in Travis's steps as as he moves back, ready to circle up with the group. I want to cut to the chaotic scene, kind of outside the Kessler family home, really quick. Gable, you're there with Jonnet. How are you counseling him? Just trying to mostly help him get his bearings because it's kind of like traumatic. What is happening, Jonathan? Just tell me. Do did you see? Did you see 
yes, some there is a person, and when you look in that area, you don't see anything, correct? No. I I see the wall. I see the outside. I I don't when see When I say the name Hip, what do you hear? The word I see, I hear Hip. I n- nothing. Okay. You are a magic user. You've used magic before. I'm going to help you orient yourself to what's happening. Gable, did I do something? Did Possible? I do something that What did I do? You've Sacrificed blood for magic before. Yeah. There are other sacrifices one can make. Do you remember an instance where you were about to cast something that was of great import and then that memory stops? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gable, we... I know. I know. Could be any number of things. (laughs) We do a lot of shit. I know. You're put in a lot of situations that are lethal. I. You sacrificed a memory. That is what happened. And it seems I don't know the extent of it, but you do not remember this person who knows you. Jonnet is kind of staring back out at, at the house, hearing muffled exclamations. Probably see Zana come out. Yeah, I think this is the time when Zana would come out. Yeah. Oh, and I'll go if I want to, Slam. Oh, um... Who was that? Hey? You know who that is. Who was that? Who is that? That's Hip. How do you know him? How do we know him? Hip... He's basically our, like, uncle. He's been around since you were little. Dad and him know each other very well, and he was around when Mom was gone, and... He's back. It's fun. It's exciting. He's here for you. So I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't see that man. I don't. I don't know who that is. And and I. I think I. I think I did something. And and I gave him up. And I think Jonet is 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 tearing up. And he's. I scoop him into a hug. Uh, this time it's <laughs> real, because I can tell he needs it. I mean, would you give it back, this gift, if you could remember? Is it worth it, this anxiety you're feeling right now over power? I, if I, I needed to do it, I, the Mariner was right on our heels and it felt like it was just me and, and I needed Something. I needed more. I needed to push back and and then everything kind of went dark. And then I did it. And I feel like if I didn't do it, I, I wouldn't be here. At that moment, you feel the presence of someone who has been walking up to the estate on the road, the estate, the, the Kessler family home on the road. And Rashawn, mm-hmm. I would like for you to describe what Captain D'Antonia looks like. Captain D'Antonia is 
like a, a shorter squat woman. If you've seen the the film of The Wiz with um, Dinah Ross, the the woman who plays uh, uh, Miss One, she, I believe that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Yes. So like. <laughs> So like just very like uh, ethereal looking, but uh, like in pirate garb. Imagine that. So like big uh, puffy sleeves, lots of like bangles and bracelets, um, a nose ring uh, that clips to the ear that has not a not a parrot, but like an eagle on her shoulder. Oh shit! Yes, <laughs> and yeah. So she's like broad shouldered enough that a, a, like an eagle is comfortable perched on her shoulder. Just, like, tight corseted waist, hips that go out, she's little thickums, big black boots, she strides up. You, like, every step, she leaves footprints wherever she walks. She is a presence. I love this. I like the idea that, that her outfit is, like, white with, with, like, it looks like in this, like, kind of pastels um, uh, that are part of, well, there's also deeper colors in this but yeah like i like it's a lighter shifted color set for this outfit but like with this grand silk cape that the eagle complements it so well (laughs) perfect it's a chef's kiss moment captain dentonia and i take a knee please child unnecessary stand up I dust off. Uh, I'm at your service, Captain. I know, Zana. I know. I'm here to meet your father, and... She moves her eyes over to the boy that you're standing next to, and her gaze fixes on him for a second. Tyler, John it, like, you know, through the emotion, through this, like, kind of intense anxiety, looks over at this woman... And I want you to make a perception check. Cool. Not very developed. (laughs) Perfect. It is hard. All right. That's three, right? Mm -hmm. That's three. Great. I'm going to say that and give yourself uh, a blue die. Okay. I'm going to say through through puffy tears, your your third eye is open. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's been a minute. Is, it, is this a threat or a? That's oh, a threat. Okay, great. Well then, <laughs> oh okay, I succeed with one threat. All right, Jonet, you look at this woman, and you know you are kind of in tune with your body and your magical senses. You were just seconds ago trying to perceive hip trying to make your brain aware that there is a presence there. And even now, like just talking in reference to this person is difficult for you. Mm-hmm. You you have to wrangle your brain to keep the concept held, to keep it out there, to keep it with you. There, looking at this woman, it feels like there is a very important truth. It feels like an ocean boiling. It is so powerful. It so deeply wants to be known by you. But again, it is lashing against against this feeling of just sliding around and over you with the only thing that you can really be aware of is its absence. It is similar to the feeling that you have trying to know who Hip is. 
she looks at you and there is emotion in her eyes, but it's hard for you to suss out, especially when you are having a crisis. And you must be Jonnet Kessler. I think Jonnet, we see like a quick flash of him, his muscles like move like he was about to also, like Zana, like kind of kneel, but then he kind of like stops and um, yeah, I'm, I'm Jonnet. Captain D'Antonia Crossblade of the Storm. That's such a good name. <laughs> um, I'm glad you think so. I picked it out myself. You heard that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh... Captain hears everything. And I got the eyes at the back of my head, too. If you don't mind, I think I'm going to go introduce myself to your family, if that's all right, Sana. Um, I don't know. Yeah. If- I, uh, my father is 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 um is having a uh, a conversation with Jonnet's captain at present. Um, he, it's it's a bit of aggro in there. I would just caution. I'm happy to relay any information, or I'll. I'll just go. You know what? I'll just go. Why don't <laughs> you <laughs> giant just... person stay mm-hmm. here with the kids? Okay, I've yeah. noticed in the past in aggravated situation between strong men, a woman's touch is helpful. Fantastic. She strides up to the Gosh, door so cool. and goes to open it. Let's cut back inside. Oromar? Mm-hmm. A bombshell has gone off. Mm. You are dealing with a truth I don't think you were prepared to deal with. No. What's going on? With surprises like this, Aramar is in a pretty good position for the most part because he's able to not show a reaction uh, to surprising news for the most part. So he's been trying his best to keep the body calm in a in a similar circumstance to you know when the rowdy eyes were attacking and he was able to kind of keep the body still but inside there was turmoil this actually has strangely less turmoil involved it's a sad and surprising news but um i think from orimar's perspective to be a corsair is to fight and sometimes die in the name of continuing to survive under any circumstance where there's ship combat and those fatalities, these happen and you and it's sad and the people who are part of that family mourn but ultimately it is a thing that is expected as part of the process so I don't know whether Oromar is going to make the point to try and placate or explain his point of view because that's pointless and they are not going to care what he does do, however, is after the, the, the revelation and, uh, you know, to get out of my house in this town. And if I see you again, one of us is or one of us is going to die, which I think was the was phrased. Correct me if that was kind of like off the mark. Ormar says, I understand. I don't think I will necessarily be returning here. And uh, if I am, it will not be under Jonnet's request. I'm sorry for your loss. And uh, when Jonnet is ready to leave, so shall I. And I think emotions in the room are running high. Mm -hmm. Douglas is called Douglas the Stone Kessler. He is a rock, stoic, even when faced with the 
powerful emotions of encountering his wife's killer. And not only his wife's killer, but the man who has been playing surrogate father to his son. He has kept himself calm enough to be the voice of reason to Hip, whose emotions are clearly very explosive in this moment. And Hip, of course, has this grip on his firearm. The revolver sits heavy in his hands, and his blood begins to boil again just at the thought of an apology. Sorry for your loss. Hip's hand begins to move, but earlier, Oromar made a roll, physical resistance roll to uh, prevent himself from being pushed against the wall. And one component to that roll was a triumph. Mm -hmm. Now, oftentimes, as we've seen in this show, a triumph represents a moment of you know, skill or, or, or physical superiority that puts you in a position that is advantageous, not directly connected to what you were trying to do, because you can still fail at something while encountering a triumph, but it also can represent fortune interceding in your favor, giving you something that is necessary and good in a moment that maybe you don't anticipate or know you even need it. In this case, a stay of execution. Because before Hip is able to pull the trigger on his double-action revolver and fire a bullet directly into Oromar's head, that would certainly do damage that even the great Oromar Vale, piloting his dead body, would struggle to undo, the door opens and a woman enters. Dantonia Crossblade. Hearing the door open, seeing the door open, the heads of Douglas and of Hip whip to the door to see who could be interrupting this moment. Zana, I said stay. And you see Dantonia Crossblade, someone who you knew by a different name. But much like your son, your mind can't stick to that fact. Her name has changed. And with it, the person that you knew has changed as well. Your heart, your soul, tells you that the person standing in the threshold is important. Monumentally important. That this person seeing them again, it's like reclaiming a lost limb. But you don't know what she is called, or what she means. It's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Let's get things started off with a radvertisement, and this one comes to us from RPG for You and Me. RPG for You and Me is a sci-fantasy actual play in an original world. The main show, Neon Heat, 
happily straddles the line of AP and audio drama with professional production, a synthwave soundtrack that's all tightly edited for your enjoyment. It's a love letter to Mass Effect, Persona, X-Men, Dresden Files, and more that adds up to heaps of anime drama, slice of life with a dash of romance. Please join our heroine, Athena, and her friends as they navigate a post-cataclysm world, rebounding full of hope rather than despair. You can listen to RPG for You and Me and their main show, Neon Heat, along with Absolute Zero and Silica Valley, two more long-form stories from the same world, on your favorite podcast app or at rpgforyouandme.com. You can also join their Discord community by signing up on Patreon over at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. A huge thanks to the RPG for you and me crew for sponsoring Skyjacks for a second week. Seriously, folks, this show sounds great, and I hope you check it out after listening to Skyjacks this week. Just want to remind everyone that I do have a new book out, The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide Expanded Genres Edition. And if you do pick up a copy, I'll ask that you please leave a review for it. Those reviews really help my publisher know that they want to purchase more books from me, uh, which helps keep me alive. Uh, speaking of keeping me alive and keeping this show on the air, I want to thank all of our backers on Patreon. Subscribers to our Patreon get access to all kinds of bonus content, and we've got lots of Skyjack's bonus content coming up every week for the foreseeable future, including a brand new Skyjack's Courier's Call story uh, that should be hitting the airwaves soon. You can find all that and more over at patreon.com slash one-shot podcast. Now then, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky! We are there with Jonnet. Jonnet, you are surrounded on one side by by Gable and and the other by Zana. You are kind of freaking out because you just you know you you've been made aware, like viscerally. You you saw objects floating in the air, an absence in the universe that apparently is a person that was once very dear to you. What do you do? I, I think Jonnet is at this point where he is like visibly shaking. I think if there's between Gable and Zana, like probably would would take an embrace from somebody. And I I, I think to Gable, Jonnet's saying something to the effect of like did did I do something wrong? No, I. I, I was, it was, I, cause I, I feel like I, I know, I know when this happened and, and, and I didn't have any other way to, I know people, I, there's I no think way I messed up. Known. Listen, these are the sorts of things that I don't know exactly what happened, but you were probably faced with an impossible decision. It was the mariner. I, 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 I think I know when it happened, and I, I, it was when I thought I was gonna, I thought I was gonna die, and and I needed something to help. And you didn't choose hip. Remember, it was chosen for you. 
you a sacrifice was made. But you didn't choose this particular person because they didn't mean something to you. The magic but, chose it. The magic chose the memory. But the magic... The magic can do whatever it wants, Gable. I, this chose me. These 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 visions choose me. And every time I think I get a handle on these things, I learn about something else that has been going on and things happen to me. And I, I, I just want to be in control. I know. I know. I know. What's done is done. Will I... Am I ever going to see this person I don't know Zana throughout this conversation has like tried to find roads in to speak up and as as we've watched this conversation unfold like watching Zana's face you can see that she is going on an emotional journey as well there, there are times where she wants to speak up in anger or disgust other times where she wants to reach out in, in gentle sympathy but seeing this large person, you know, kneeling down, looking at her brother, the words don't come. And that is a surprising thing for Zana. And Zana, normally being so bold and so expressive, so explosive, shrinks back from this moment. And by the time Gable utters those words, Zana's nowhere to be found. I think I think that probably happens and I mean it happens without Jonnet necessarily like noticing I think this is like in a lot of different situations I think Gable is kind of being Jonnet's rock right now and Jonnet is holding on cuz uh Jin's messy Gable is there a way to to not have this happen again? Certainly. You know, big magic takes big sacrifices. But, as you progress, and as you come into your power, which you already have, you already have developed a certain degree of control over it, these moments, you will be able to choose them more frequently, instead of having them choose you. Johnny, this scene feels very serious, heavy, and dramatic, which I feel like makes it a very appropriate time for a a large turkey to show up. Then let's do it. It's turkey time, baby. Please describe your, your giant turkey form, Johnny. I think legally it does have to be an all white turkey with black, black eyes. Yeah, yeah, void void black eyes. Which would... I mean, turkeys are, like, scary enough at the normal size, <laughs> being the normal colors. I, th- I mean, I think it looks like a, a gigantic, terrifying ghost turkey. A spectral... <laughs> a spectral turkey. I also... Does anyone remember if we told John it, the plan... Because I think it would be fun. This, if this was John's idea it, to turn me into a turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then this giant, horrible turkey's gonna walk up. Ha ha! Gobble gobble! It's me, 
Travis. <laughs> wait, wait, no. Wait, no, it's your... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is fun. I am a different bird this time. Ladies and gentlemen, he said it. Travis, we were just... This is a tenuous emotional situation right now. And also, you appearing in the town where people can see you doesn't defies the purpose of you being a wild turkey that we found. You talking to us right now is impacting the plan. Travis, like, kicks over a barrel that's nearby or something. <laughs> Stop it! Ah! Stop it! It's part of the I, act. Donnet looks up at this terrifying demon bird, and with tears in his eyes, he's like, You're absolutely butchering this plant, Travis Medico. <laughs> and he runs up, and he, gr- and he hugs whatever he can get his arm. It's, it's gotta be Waddle. It's gotta be all waddle. Swinging it's the from. worst texture. It's the worst texture. Yeah, I feel like Travis to to do that conspiratorial. It's me must have like mm, leaned yeah. in, <laughs> and that means that like yeah, the only thing that is John at height is just this lumpy, pale bit of turkey flesh. Uh, and Jonet is hugging this lump of flesh, and it's just. This is so, such a bad idea, and and I don't even. But it's exactly what I need. Travis kind of breaks his wings <laughs> around to try and. This is very unsettling. Well, I don't know what to tell you. This is I'm tr- I'm trying to help. I. I know, I know, and this is this is the way you help, and and this is so this is the best way. But you uh, gotta get out of town. I, that that does make sense. Uh, I think Travis is gonna stand up real quick while Jonathan's still holding on. <laughs> <laughs> John is just waggling back and forth. <laughs> Unhand me, child. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't talk. What the ones here? Don't, don't speak. Don't say words. Can That's you transform one. to yourself again? Then go into the woods and then transform there. Jonet, what would I be doing in the woods? That doesn't make any sense. That's You'd be turkey. a turkey that we hunt later. Why would I turn into myself to go into the woods when I can walk? So into no the- one sees you, a I- giant turkey, going from our house. To the woods. I'll be discreet. No. You are huge. <laughs> and you're Travis. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> can turkeys fly? They can. No. That's a, that's, a, that's, that's gonna draw more attention. <laughs> They're partially flighted birds. They they can flap. They can, you know, sail a little bit over the ground, but they can't really fly so much. How easily could I turn back and back again? Um, you know, this one, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I would like for the fun of it, for it to not be possible. <laughs> I mean, do you have another batch of hot root tea and the time yeah. to do the ritual who's, again? Yeah, I who's don't know got the time? Do. With no fingers. 
Like, oh, just yeah, just in feathers. The requests <laughs> being made of you, Travis, are completely unreasonable, and you know that. I can get out without being seen. Just, just go. Actually, you know what? How about I go? I'll go with you, and I'll scope out, make sure no one sees you. This is perfect. Travis is twenty-four feet tall. Okay, fantastic. Wow. That's a, you are incredible. so big. That's you incredible. are bigger than a house. <laughs> That's a hilarious amount of turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and all, uh, all, uh, all the giant turkeys like that height. Well, yeah, like grip. I mean, that that is that's kind of like the the top end of it. Mm. Uh, let's see, the lower end would be. <laughs> Accounting for standard. That is deviation. twenty feet. So it's mm. it's twenty to. 24 it's a lot, so, it's yeah, a lot of it's, turkey yeah it's yeah, a lot yeah. of turkey okay uh, thanks thanks for uh seeing him to the woods cable um do you want to come with us we could i could go in and tell your your dad that you're you're starting early that way you can avoid I, yeah i don't i don't know if i I don't know if I want to be in there. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'm. I. I. I don't know if I'm ready to talk or see. And then I think, Jonet, you can kind of see as he approaches where the name would be. He's already realizing that like he hasn't held on to the name, and so yeah. it's just. I can't. I can't be in there. Okay. How about just give me a second, I'll pop in, and then we'll all go to the woods. We'll, we can even make it seem like you and I found this weird turkey and are chasing it already. Back into the woods. Back into the woods. be honorable with the serum. Gable. In just yes. in case, just in case, just in case. All right, yeah. all right, all right. I'm gonna, I'll go in, give everyone the thumbs up, and then I'll see you in mere moments. Okay. I would like to follow Gable into the Kessler household. Now, this is like one minute after Zana's captain sort of walked into the room during the, the height of those tensions. So I would like Bees and Nathan to please describe the tableau that Gable is confronted with. So when we last had the scene, Kip was about to shoot Oromar for having sometime in the past killed apparently Jonnet's mother, who was uh, on a pirate crew. Oromar could do nothing but say sorry for your loss, and that is also the nature of being a corsair, to which they unsurprisingly didn't take especially well. However, before Oromar could run the calculations on how he would need to use bone shaping to either dodge or encapsulate a bullet, the front door kicked open for Zona's captain, who introduced herself as somebody from Travis's dad's past, although he doesn't seem to remember who or when or why. Yeah. Um. Uh, so what, what Douglas? Douglas, like, there's something that looks familiar about this person, but you cannot, you cannot nail it. It down. was more felt because you said I couldn't see them. Uh, and so it wasn't that you couldn't see her it was that this person it's like it's like deja vu it's mm. like you've seen this person before and there's something in you that like 
goes, I should know this person, mm-hmm. but it just looks like a stranger to you. Yeah, so he, he's just staring like he wants to he wants to address this person and with a familiarity, but his brain also realizes that he doesn't know them. So he's just he's caught in that like like if you're staring at somebody and you're like, I know you, I know you, but you've never met them before. That that weird feeling that's what he's going through right now because he can swear on on everything he knows he knows who this person is but he doesn't recognize them i think d'antonio walks into the room sees you know douglas looming over oromar sees hip with a pistol drawn leveled at oromar and sees oromar and oromar vale is many things and one of those is unmistakable <laughs> And D'Antonia draws her pistols and levels them at Douglas and Hip. I don't know what I just walked into, but it's not the introduction that I was hoping for. Does Oromon know D'Antonia? Have they met before? This person is familiar to you. Mm. Like, you know that you've encountered her in your past. You can't place exactly where, but she is of the Tempest Armada. Mm -hmm. So... She's wearing the colors, right? There's enough to uh, visual exactly. cues. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oromar, who I think at the point of... Because uh, he was very recently kind of shoved up against the wall. So I think his hat is kind of tilted down over his eyes for a decent chunk of this kind of conversation. And uh, with Antonio entering the room, he slowly kind of knots the top of his hat back up to reveal eyeline. I wasn't expecting a member of the Tempest Armada this evening, but you are well-timed. I was expecting you, but I certainly wasn't expecting this. Neither was I. Now... And who who the hell are you? And why are you in my house? <laughs> D'Antonia, Crossblade. I am your daughter's captain. And I suppose if you and your friend would like to level your pistols at me, as apparently that's how we treat the captains of our children... I suppose I could invite you to do so. He's going to look at Ormar. He's going to look back at this new captain. And then he's going to look at Hip and just nod slightly. Gable, I feel like this is a great time for you to just pop your head in. (laughs) Knock, knock. Just going to be. Oh, ha. Oh. Everyone simultaneously looks at you. (laughs) Yes. Gable eyes Oromar, like, puts a hand to the blade and kind of goes, we... (laughs) Oromar kind of, like, levels up the hand (laughs) to kind of slowly level up the hand to be like, stay, it's all good. Putting the hand down into a pocket as if nothing happened. (laughs) The camera goes Uh, from Oromar. Your pocket cat immediately swipes and claws at your hand (laughs) for trying to get it near the pocket. Button. Camera jumps to Ormar, and then slowly to Douglas, and then slowly to D'Antonia, and then slowly to Gable, and then slowly to Hip. And everybody's just, like, looking at the next person, just wondering what's going to happen. I I just wanted to, in the best interest of Jonnet and everyone here, with your permission, 
Travis and I are going to take Jonnet into the hunting area. We feel like this this might be the the best way to handle what what is what might be happening. Absolutely. Just a moment to cool down. All right. Is, is that good with everyone? Yeah. Or am I off the starting block response first? Absolutely. I will uh, join you and on um, once things have calmed down somewhat. Douglas is going to slowly turn to Oromar and just stare at him for a second as he like responds first. And then he's going to look back to Gable and uh, he's going to try and compose himself. I'd like to have a word with my son before he leaves. And not like waiting for like any approval or anything it was just a statement and he starts walking towards the door gable like opens the door and says yes Jonnet's father is coming out right now so anyone who is not Jonnet, boy if they were there they shouldn't be just Jonnet to talk to the Jonnet's dad coming out all right oh come on come on let's go Jonnet, like as much as a person who's like just gone through some shit can like kind of shuffles his way if if he was if he was feeling fine john it would run to the front door to try and distract but he's like uh so he kind of like walks up to the the door to like maybe pull some focus away from this uh johnny could you do me a favor and make a daunting (laughs) stealth check oh daunting. Uh, he's 20 feet tall. I was tall. like, he's a 20-foot white turkey. <laughs> I'm going to grab my dice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to open up the thing with the sheets because dice program mm. cruelly making me play the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, daunting. Uh, daunting is four? Four purple. That's Sheesh. not that bad. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That is one advantage and one failure. <laughs> wow, that could have gone much worse. I mean, yeah. <laughs> My stealth is very good. <laughs> I guess. Okay, so you definitely fail, so you are going to be seen. Yeah, what I think happens. Johnny, I would like you to describe how is 20-foot-tall white turkey badly hidden from sight? I mean, if there's any sort of tree or signage or, you know, any just sort of like... sideways behind something that is obviously smaller than a giant turkey. Yeah, it's just a tree. It's just a tree and this big turkey is obviously like sticking out on either side. Douglas, like you you can see Jonnet there. You can see this turkey behind the tree. It's almost unignorable. And then you hear what sounds like in the vague distance, three gunshots. Do I have an idea of like what direction is coming from? Like, do I have, is there a landmark in that direction that I know of? Yeah, definitely there's a landmark there. Those would be right near the pens where your griffin chickens are held. Oh, then he is, uh, he's going to walk outside, take a look at Jonnet, kind of, as he goes to say something, sees the giant turkey that is not hidden whatsoever, goes to say something again, hears the gunshots, looks back and just takes off towards the uh, 
the the griffin pin. Dad, dad. And John, it takes off after his father. Gable yells to no one, a a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I I better go get it. (laughs) Gonna go Ah, to get it. Where? No. <laughs> Travis jumps out from behind the tree and D'Antonia, like, you know, hear, hearing shouts, I think D'Antonia and Hip, like, approach the door. They see a turkey that is trying to look over its own shoulder, like, <laughs> spinning spinning around. Uh, and they also see, like, off in the distance, like, Jonnet and, and Douglas, like, di- disappearing in, into the shade Oromar, what, what what do you do upon this scene? With everybody kind of having barreled out <laughs> of the, the room all at once, Oromar faces D'Antonio properly. Uh, still with no, you know, he's not he's not started to pull weapons or anything, so he's in a relatively relaxed stance, considering. How are you doing, D'Antonio? Oh, it's been a while, Oromar. It's been a long while since I've seen you, mm. and I'm doing fine. I hope you know, though, that counts as one. Well, you would uh, assume etiquette wouldn't count as favors, but I suppose everybody's standards are slightly different. I am running accounting for Sifa, and if I've knocked off one of her favors already, that's going to be a lot of credit in my book. Orma laughs, as typical, uh, sounds awful. So, um, it seems that uh, the Kessler family is very busy this evening, and I feel that I should not interfere until tensions may be calmed down slightly. I can't offer you hospitality here, but the guidebook upon the Uhuru did say that was a delightful late-night tea house, and, uh, well, I feel like I'm in the mood for some sweet tea. D'Antonia, like, looks around again, sees a giant person trying to like make themselves look large in front of a, uh, an even more giant turkey to pull attention away from the fact mm-hmm. that this turkey is just kind of stomping around and and shouting and goes I think a drink at a tea house would be much better than whatever the hell is going on here I've got it don't worry <laughs> got, a, got a rope and a lasso don't don't I've got this strange stranger turkey to me Mm -hmm. as they uh (laughs) exit like the scene you can kind of hear in like fading in audio this happens every day you know (laughs) every day every day day, another turkey not specifically this but the same (laughs) energy Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. 
I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Mystery County Monster Hunters Club, an actual play podcast where the heroes are teens and the teens are a mess. Join a group of well-meaning after-school monster hunters in the year 2006, doing their best to protect a weird little town in the 51st state of Superior. Through the game Monster of the Week, this cast of improvisers confronts cryptids, magic, and the biggest monster of all, feelings. Find Mystery County Monster Hunters Club at mysterycounty.com or on your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku channel for free. Just search for The Shortlist, Summer. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony or on his podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. And once for our friends near rise, twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.